Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Politically Entertaining. I'm Frank here with Byron, and we're so excited you're with us tonight. Uh, Byron, before we get into everything Politically Entertaining is about, let the listeners know why they should be tuning in every week. I usually have like this speech where I tell you, you know, if you don't follow politics, blah, blah, blah. But basically right now, a lot of y'all ain't got that much to do. You're running out of Netflix shows. You're running out of Hulu shows. So you might as well listen to me and Frank and, and let us tell you what's going on. Because I know by now you're sick and tired of COVID talk on the news. So maybe you don't mind hearing it from a different perspective for two guys like us. So we're going to definitely be talking some coronavirus. Uh, like with this first topic, man, a lot of people have picked up different hobbies and stuff during all this downtime. Frank, I want to know. Oh, have you picked up something? Have you started doing something that you didn't normally do when things were quote normal? Uh, have you did any virtual parties? Have you have you hooked up the old uh, video game that maybe you hadn't played in a while? Puzzles, books that you hadn't read. Have you done any challenges? What has Frank been doing to kill some of the supposedly free time he has now during all of this? Man, that's a really good question because there there's been funny thing is for me there there hasn't been until recently a lot of free time for me because we actually in the process uh, we actually closed on the house on march 12th so if you if you can keep that timeline in your head on march 11th i think the nba canceled their season so yeah that's where everything's popping off so so basically we closed on the house and everything went went nuts and we had a bunch of stuff to do you know in our new house we're gonna gonna rip the carpet up and put new carpet in so that took a while because you got to find which companies are working and so we were doing some things trying to get in the new house. Um, you know, I was still working and I am still working full time. My, my job has recently gone to a alternating week off, week on, week off schedule. But prior to uh, about two weeks ago, I was working full time. So I wasn't free at all. I was moving between two houses, trying to get you know everything out because you all know how it is. You move out of the house, but then you got to get everything moved out, the rest of the stuff. Right. And so just to struggle with that and 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 so recently we kind of you know kind of were seeing a little bit of light in the tunnel a friend of mine good friend of mine probably probably one of my best friends or if not if not my best friend he had a a virtual game night and so that was really really cool and um so it was cool like i said be with your your best friend and all your friends on the game night we did this thing called fibbage it's a game um, it was kind of cool how they did it. They had it kind of pinned. They had two different Zooms where they had one where they were on it, then they pinned it. And so everybody kind of logged in and, and did the answers so you could see the answers on the pinned screen. So, I mean, it was it was a cool thing. Like the virtual game night, I actually enjoyed that. I actually wouldn't mind, you know, you know doing that. And one of the things that I will say coming out of this, um, I also have a men's fellowship group that I'm a part of that I, that I um, and, and one of the things we, we, we used to meet in the libraries but of course, the libraries have been closed, so we've been meeting on Zoom. So one of the things that I've been seeing about Zoom and other, you know, platforms like this is that there's going to be a component that you can't put all that genie back in the bag. I think there's going to be some, 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 something where people are like, hey, this virtual thing, like while it's not the antidote to meeting in person, there is something to that, and I think you're going to see um, a virtualization of things. I, you know, one of the things that's interesting to look for. Going forward is what is sports going to do? Uh, and I know we, I, I don't know where we are if that was the topic we're going to have later, but sports is an interesting conundrum because you think about is is you know think about the Ravens or something or the Redskins. 
put a 70,000 people in a stadium, um, it's not realistic. And then you think about the bathroom situation. Sometimes there's no paper towels, there's no soap. So I think you're going to see a virtualization of things where potentially maybe you have stadiums being played, stadiums uh, that are almost empty, but there's a virtual reality component where people are able to kind of come in and interact and be at the game, have crowd noise, but they're not there, but the players are there. So, I mean, I know that sounds weird and it doesn't sound very convincing, but things are, are not going to go back to normal. And these billionaire owners are going to figure out how to, have to figure out how to make money. So I think you're going to see some innovations come out of this. And um, so I don't know if I answered the question, but that's kind of what I've been doing. And um, I am, I won't be sad when this quarantine is over and things go back to normal. So you brought up something that uh, I wouldn't mind touching on uh, when you were talking about sports. First off, you know, I didn't realize how important live audience were, audiences were at sporting events. Like, I know it's good to go. It's a great, you know, great event, great experience. But as far as like crowd noise, I always felt like, you know, as long as the game is good, as long as the competition is great, I can watch it on TV and enjoy it. And this is slightly different, but, you know, there are no sports right now. And Vince McMahon, he, he went on ahead and had WrestleMania. And, like, I was missing live entertainment so much. I'm a huge boxing fan. So I was like, you know what? I haven't watched wrestling in about 10 years. Let me turn and see what this looked like because there was no crowd. It just looked so odd, man. So just the picture of a football game, a basketball game, especially a basketball game where you can, like, literally – hearing everything those players are saying on the court is going to be weird, but it brings me to a question. So if owners can't, like if we go forward with sports and we're playing these sports in empty arenas, owners are going to need to, or they're going to want to make up that revenue from concession stands, ticket sales, and all of that. Do you, would you be willing to pay a price to watch regular season NBA games that we normally would get for free on ESPN, TNT, ABC, football games. Would you be willing to pay like a monthly fee if the NFL says, hey, this is how we have to make up for our revenue? Does that sound reasonable to you? I mean, I understand where they're coming from. But for me, and like I said, I don't want to get into a, a, get way off tangent, but I haven't even been watching the NFL. So that, it would be a no for me. It'd be like, huh, you know, good riddance. I haven't watched NFL for three seasons anyway. Um so there, you know, and there's another story behind that. I won't get into it right now. But um, as far as the NBA, I do enjoy the NBA. Maybe I would consider paying for the playoffs, probably not for the regular season. I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to follow the game scores on the Internet and then, you know, watch the highlights. And then I will um, <laughs> maybe pay for the playoffs if, if that was such a thing. I think it's going to be a hard sell to make people pay for something that they're already paying. Like people already cut the cord, right? So you have these people who cord cutters as they call them and I guess I'm one of them as well and so when you think about the savings you're thinking hey I'm I'm not going to be paying for this extra stuff so now basically you're talking about introducing another set of premium type of channels that people have to subscribe to watch stuff that was part of stations that were included in these packages so now YouTube TV is like how do these, how do they, how do these packages that cut the course subsidize the cost of now pay-per-view sports or sports something that's these sports not even be able to be carried on on networks now because they're all pay-per-view because now that's the only way they can make money i mean it's 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 an interesting question i don't have the answer i do think that it's going to be something they have to handle very carefully because if, if they come out with it wrong then who knows sports could end up being tanked i mean no we all think that we sports has to exist but 
sports didn't always exist and the world has existed longer without sports than with it. I know people are like, oh, I can't imagine being without this or that. It's like, but you know, the world existed for yeah. a long time <laughs> before, before there was sports, right? Like, and people were happy. People had children, people had a bunch of children, you know, people had lives, they did things. And so I would say that they need to proceed very cautiously because the thing that I'm finding very interesting, and I know we haven't gotten into this, but what's the economic fallout from people with these large buildings, these large universities, these large stadiums like when you can't have people gathered and bustling into them that kind of like that kind of kills the real estate game a little bit and that's another thing they look for it's like what's going to happen to the to these these places that are, are monolithic stadiums and, and and gathering places concert halls it's like if nobody can can be there what is the value what's going to happen to that property um can it be can you maintain it can you sustain it and, and all of a sudden, these owners have these big stadiums, and they don't look so valuable anymore. So it's interesting to see how that goes forward. Um, so I haven't. The only different things I've done is um, I did. I've done a couple of virtual parties. Uh, there's a podcast I listened to that did a live show via Zoom. I actually did my first puzzle. I never like really did a real puzzle growing up, but I did a 750 piece puzzle of, of uh, what was it? Oh, of uh, Las Vegas. It was the Las Vegas Strip. I did a puzzle of that. Uh, I've always been a reader, so I've, I've been reading more books. Haven't done any challenges like flip the switch or the whole don't rush thing. But um, we got more COVID talk coming for you, you guys. Going to be talking about it from all different aspects of our lives or whatever. So we'll get into that in a minute. But for now, drop that beat. Listening to Politically Entertaining, your Cliff's Notes to American Politics. And now your hosts, Frank and Byron. And we are back, Frank Turner and I, Politically Entertaining. I want to thank you guys for joining us. I uh, hope you all are being safe. I hope you're not listening to certain leaders that are telling you to inject disinfectant in your lungs. Uh, subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify. All type of podcast platforms. Just check us out, Politically Entertaining. Make sure you subscribe and share. Help us spread the word, get the word out there, uh, and listen to us and check us out. One of the main things I wanted to get into right now, Frank, is we've talked about this a few times. We've had guys like uh, Sam Bogan on the show. We had Arazi on the show to talk money. And that's the topic I want to start off with now because the popular thing that a lot of people are doing during this is uh, buying certain stocks, like a lot of stock prices have fell and people are like trying to take advantage of it. I know myself included, you know, I looked at a couple of um, pharmaceutical, comp pharmaceutical companies that have been work working on vaccines for this coronavirus. And I bought a couple of shares in some, some of those companies. I know some people are buying uh, airline stock because they feel like once this is over, people are going to be so ready to hop on a plane and go somewhere that, you know, airline value is going to definitely skyrocket. So that's what I know. 
So my question for you is, A, have you taken advantage of any type of, uh, you know, stocks? Uh, also, you're more of an expert on the whole cryptocurrency. So with that, does, has Bitcoin taken any type of dips or dives or have they skyrocketed in price in any type of way? Like has coronavirus affected it at all? So so basically, so interesting question is. So as far as like looking at stocks, I do think, like you said, that's a good thing. It's always a good thing to um, be investing during these times. I think during these moments is when wealth actually gets transferred because I heard this interesting concept. I was listening to someone one time and a guy basically like he's like that all the earth, all the wealth that was ever on the earth still exists. It just gets transferred, you know. So understanding that at a time like this where money's going out, somewhere else is coming in. So I I think that. You know, it's important to look at different things. You know, I've, I've got to grab a couple stocks early on. I grabbed Zoom, Fastly, which is kind of an underpinning stock for some of the tech tech type platforms. It's FSLY if you're interested. Those have done well for me. Um, I've had a bunch of other stuff in my portfolio for a while that's kind of doing okay. Uh, as far as crypto, you know, I always tell people, do your own research. Crypto has been uh, up and down. It's been doing much better recently. I think the thing that people need to think about with crypto is it's a it's still a, it's a good long-term play, and what I mean by that is it's def, it's a deflationary asset. So right now the economy has already crashed, but it isn't it hasn't like officially happened because the economy hasn't reopened. So it's like the economy can't be crashed when it's closed, but it's actually crashed. So you're gonna see a spike in like Bitcoin and, and other crypto. I would say Bitcoin is the main one you should focus on. Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum. Um, and those those will take a huge jump up because what's going to happen is money's going to come out of an inflationary dollar, which is which is, you know, basically Sam Bogan says all the time has lost his purchasing power and go into other assets to be able to sustain it. So cryptocurrency is a great way to do that. And so uh, the price now is probably a little bit under eight thousand, but it's been climbing recently. And there's a lot of buy indicators around it. So I, I like I said, I do encourage you if you're if you have a portfolio to look at um, cryptocurrency and, and, and look at, you know, some precious metals. I would say that I would say this is an important moment to look at diversification from a what it really means. Because a lot of times people say, well, I'm diversified. I got stocks, mutual funds, different sectors. And I say, well, are you really diversified if all of your assets are tied to the same underlying instrument? So if, if the dollar is in trouble and it dies, all your stocks, bonds and all your different sectors, mutual funds, they're all tied to the same instrument. They're all going to take a dive down the same path. So it's like you're not really diversified. And you, I'm not saying you're not having any diversification, but what I'm saying is the underlying instrument is the, is the ultimate way to diversify. And crypto, uh, precious metals, and even real estate to a certain degree, those things that are that are you know different you know different um, asset classes of which you should really uh, making sure that you have at a time like this, because you can see something where the dollar gets wiped out. Um, we, we, we don't know what's going to happen to the economy. I know that people are scared of getting sick and, and that's a right real thing. Like definitely take it seriously. I think everything Byron said is kind of tongue in cheek, but it's, it's all seriousness. And I want to apologize for those people who listened to episode probably like the last, you know, we haven't been doing episodes as frequently, but I made a comment about the coronavirus not being as serious as, you know, what it happened to be. And I think we did that in February and it just shows how ignorant I was and how, and the sad thing is. It's one thing for me to be ignorant on a podcast that's on iTunes, many platforms, but, but I'm not an elected official. What's crazy is the things that I was saying in February, so are elected officials, and that's what's really scary. And that's why we've had such a problem, because 
there's been such a lack of understanding and and uh, leadership uh, and responsibility taken in this crisis. But uh, back back to the investing thing, I do think crypto is something that if you don't look at it now, it's going to take off and it's going to be too late. I think that people looked at the 2017 thing and said, "Oh, I missed it," but it's like the prices are back down where you can you know really I think make you know make a chance make a change. Another thing that's also happening in crypto, which a lot of people may not know, is that you can actually earn interest on crypto. Like it's not even, I think that some people are still saying, oh, is it going to go away? Is it legal? A couple things with that. Since 2014, the IRS has said you can hold uh, cryptocurrency in your IRA. So the IRS is not going to make a ruling for something they're going to get rid of because now you've got six years of people holding something as an asset in their IRA. What are you going to do? Say, oh, now it's not an asset anymore. Like they made that ruling very carefully and, and you know, they made it under, they understand what they were doing. They made that ruling. So, it's already there. It's not going anywhere. And then on top of that, there's platforms where you can actually make interest on your crypto every week. So basically you have, say, whatever amount of Bitcoin or whatever, Ether, different platforms like Celsius, BlockFi, where you actually can make interest every week from your cryptocurrency. So there are so many things happening that um, if you're still wondering if you're getting crypto, it's more like, why aren't why aren't you in crypto at this point? Because it's going to be something that once people tell you that, um, it's it's time to invest and it's going to be too late. It's kind of like gold. I gave this analysis before. I don't know if I did it on this show, but I've done it on a couple of different shows where um, the, the value of gold in the 70s was really high because of self-directed IRAs just came out and, and, the, and, the, and the U.S. dollar just went off the gold standard. So during that time from 71 when the, when the dollar went off the gold standard uh, to 1974, the price of gold quadrupled per ounce. So what I'm saying in English is that in night before 1970, before 1971, when the dollar was not on the gold was on the gold standard, you could take your money and go to certain places and get a piece of gold for your dollar. It was backed by the dollar. So as things went on, inflation happens and things, it's, it's easier for the government to print money and not have it back. You know, Nixon took it off the gold standard. So in '74, you could invest in gold in in your self-directed retirement accounts or your regular retirement accounts. It's no, it's no coincidence that the price of gold quadruple went up four times. I think it was like $44 in 1971, and it was like, you know, $180 or $190 in 1974. I say all that to say the secret wealth that people built in gold, nobody talks about because rich people don't tell you how they get rich. So people built a much wealth in gold in the 70s and 80s, and now in 2008 housing crash, they tell you, oh, buy gold now. Oh, it's too late now. I mean... You're not going to get anything from that. And so I feel the same way about cryptocurrency. So in, when the housing crisis happened in 2008, cryptocurrency was invented. That's what cryptocurrency was invented for. It was the deflationary asset. So now cryptocurrency has been around for a decade and you're still asking about, is it real? It's like the money you have is not real. So I don't want to get on like a preachy thing here and I don't want to sound like that. But I just wanted to level level off what is really happening with the money, with the dollar, that we, our economy is actually already crashed. It just hasn't, it just hasn't all the way shown up yet, but it's, it's, it's done. It's, it's crashed. So um, just be aware of that. Be aware of a run on the banks, potentially. The FDIC has actually been on Twitter. You can find it. It's a real message. They've said, oh, don't pull your money out of the bank. Why is the FDIC on Twitter telling me what to do with my money? Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't seem to make sense, but it's out there. So take, take, take from that what you will. Do your own research. As I said, I'm not a financial advisor. Uh, I don't promise any gains or, or, or whatever. All investments come with extreme risk. So 
do your research, but be informed and understand what you're doing. You know, you mentioned, um, you know, some of our elected officials in your answer. And this isn't a topic that I, I had planned on touching on, but, you know, there were a few, there were a handful of members of Congress who, after that coronavirus briefing, you know, a lot of them sold, you know, the very, the very companies that are struggling now, they had shares of stock in and they sold it like immediately after that briefing. Uh, the Justice Department is supposed to be looking into it, but we know nothing is going to happen with that. But it just lets you know how, you know, you always hear follow the money and it, it almost becomes like just like a, a, a talking point that's easy to ignore. But it, it is so true. You can't say it enough. Follow the money. So, you know, on one hand, a particular party is telling you that, you know, this virus is no big deal. But at the same time, they're selling off shares of Delta and Royal Caribbean and all the industries that they knew were going to be hit hard with this. They got rid of that stock and, and those shares began to plummet not long after they sold. So you really do have to follow the money a lot of times to know what's going on and not always listen to these, you know, elected officials, no matter what party they're with, no matter what. I know we rail against Republican parties quite a bit on this show, but no matter what party they're with, a lot of times those guys and gals are about that money. Now, with that said, something that I've been saying a lot, um, because you mentioned, I think you said you guys moved or you closed on the house on March 11th or was it March 12th. So we've been dealing with this for a good solid five, almost six weeks now. And since everything has begun, I've consistently said, you know, when things get back to normal, when everything opens up, when, when, when. I'm starting to wonder now, should we be saying if? Because the longer this goes on, you know, I think the longer it's going to take the, the general public to really trust being in a, a crowded stadium or a crowded club or a shopping mall again. It's going to take a long time the longer this goes on. So are we at the point now where we need to possibly be saying if? Are you confident that there is a win and that we will go back to riding on subway trains with no mask and not like Tabitha and I, we are like literally wiping down, you know, constantly like common handles that are touched with bleach wipes. We're, we're taking our shoes off at the door. Like we're wearing masks when we go out in public. So do you think that will all change eventually or are we looking at a new normal where it's going to be normal to see people in public with masks on or it's going to be normal to not have a full stadium they want to maybe keep it at half capacity or whatever what do you see going forward maybe three four even six months from now man that's that's a wonderful question um and like i said i'm just so glad to be back i just want to say that you know, thank God to be back. We haven't recorded and just, you know, thank you for, you know, just making sure we are on here, just sharing our opinion. Thank you guys for listening. I know we're not at the end of the show, but I just want to say that before I answer the question. I am grateful for that. I'm grateful for that because a lot of people have been sick and they've been dying. And so it's just like, man, this is, not, this is, this is not even just like an opinion piece where it's like, well, I feel like this, or I think this is like, man, this is a real thing. Like I understand that if you're younger, that you can, you know, you'll, you'll be okay. You think you'll be okay, right? But there's young people that have died. Like, there's nothing that guarantees you'll be okay. So it's like you have to take all these precautions. And it is creating a different level of stress in your mind. And I think for us, 
you know, we had to interact with so many people. When you move, you interact with so many people, right? You get these movers, and you're like, where the hell have they been? And then you're, you know, you're basically on a two-week uh, reset every time you're around somebody. Like, all right, I was around this guy. All right, two weeks passed. I guess he didn't have it. I guess I didn't have it. Either both, or both asymptomatic carriers. Well, I don't know, right? So um, it's, it's been a challenge. But I will say this. The, the, the idea of going back to normal is never, it's going to be different because um, I have another podcast that, that I do um, with, with my cousin and my sister called Relative Currency. And we've got an episode that's coming out um, at, at some point where he talks about where he was when the outbreak hit in China. He lives in Beijing. And so it was amazing the way they handled it, the way they responded to it. Culturally, they live for each other. Um, there's a oneness in Asian culture where they all wear masks, not be, because they already need to wear masks. They hear about an outbreak, they wear a mask, they buy a mask. And so for us, we still have this thing here where it's like we don't live for each other as Americans. We have our own individual thing. So it's hard for us to even wrap our minds around, hey, we need to we need to protect each other. At first it was like, well, young people are like, hey, I don't care. I'm not going to get sick. You know, who, if old people die, hey, they live their life. It's like, no, young people can die too. Or one thing to understand is we don't even know what this virus can do to you if, it's, if you're exposed to it down the road. We don't know what the what that can do to your body. We don't know. It just came out. So it's not like we have a lot of study on it. It's not like, oh, the chicken pox, right? Like we know what happens. So I think that, you know, um, I mean, even with the chicken pox, right, use that as an example, we've got to get shingles vaccine when we get over a certain age because we've been exposed to chicken pox virus. Now, that's not terribly concerning, but it is something to think, man, Getting a virus, just because you get over it or because it doesn't affect you then, doesn't mean there's not long-term effects. So the idea that you're not going to die from it now and it still might not cause you know, your demise is, is ignorance. So I think that you're going to have a, a, um, a world where we have people who are almost deniers of, of this. You, you almost have regional things, right? Where you have people who maybe in the north are wearing masks more consistently and then maybe in the south they're not because they think it's not a thing or they think it's superstition. I feel like, and I can't really believe I'm saying this, that this actually got drawn down ideological lines when life and death is on the line. I always thought that at the end of the day, you can have your opinion about what party is what, but when life and death were on the line, everybody would kind of align with just saying, hey, you know what, here's what we need to do. But uh, amazingly, that hasn't happened. Um, but to answer your question, which I know I've been dancing around, I just don't see a period where we can just go completely back to normal because one thing you got to look at is, you know, a lot of pieces of the economy that won't necessarily just bounce back. Like, are your Airbnbs going to bounce back? Are your Ubers going to bounce back? What about your event planners? What about your thing, these jobs, these these things that were seemed essential but now became non-essential? Are people going to be clamoring back to, to be in those positions? And do and do people even want to do events? Do people want to go to these things? Um, I think it's going to be a, lot, a long time before confidence is actually restored. I think that people need to see a vaccine or some other type of cure happen where before confidence is restored because right now people are people we're just, we're just playing damage control and so we could have another outbreak in the winter people are saying so that's not gonna help confidence right so I just think that we're we're a ways off from having things go back to normal I say that the new normal will be people wearing masks people with um, more precautions more hand sanitizer more um, I, more standards of cleanliness um, in, in places uh, more more things that are you you know one use things that don't have to hold infection like you might see at a game there's no more public dispenser of like ketchup and mustard you might just see disposable ketchup packs because you go and pump that ketchup pump that mustard it's like everybody touched that right 
And so you don't want to have to get a wife to do that. So I think that you're going to see changes in, in, in distribution and stuff. You're going to see single-use menus or you're going to see an app. We, everybody's going to have like this menu app that you have on your phone that every restaurant, when you go and you're like, oh, just browse to this restaurant on this app and you can look at their menu. So you don't even get a menu because a menu is a, is a place of germs too, right? Like think about it. Somebody hands you a menu. How many people have touched the menu? They probably don't wipe, really wipe the menus down. Like, yeah, somebody mm-hmm. spills something out there, wipe it down. But realistically, those menus are carriers of, of, a, of disease. So it's like you're not going to be able to go back and put this genie back in the bottle, as I was saying earlier. So I just think that the best case scenario is in a year you have a vaccine and people can at least feel comfortable that they're not necessarily going to get it or if they do get it, they or they can go get vaccinated so they have immunity to it. And then you're going to see a number of uh, changes that will – um, help deal with, with, with a future pandemic. Like people will keep a supply of that. People will keep a supply of wipes and, and things like that. And so I don't think it will ever, I think, I think it's going to be a generational shaping event because there's going to be children who've seen their parents out of work. Um, and they're going to say, why were they out of work? Oh, they worked this job that they thought was important, but it really wasn't. They're going to find, kids find out the truth, right? They find out who you really are. You can say, Hey, you know, right now my daughter is four, but it's like, She'll find out who you are, what you did, and she'll be like, oh, that sounds like a very good career, right, if, if it is or it isn't. So I think it's going to be a, a generational shaping event where you see uh, kid, children choosing careers on essential paths that if there is a pandemic, if there is a type of extinction level event, um, that, that, that there will be they will have a way to have an income and have a job because that is very stressful at this time to not be able to work and be waiting on a stimulus check. And then, you know, to know that that's a one-time payment, it's like, huh, good luck with that. And so uh, there's, there's some, some real challenges. I hope I answered the question. I know I've just been going off, but I haven't been on the show in a while, so I just I just got to let people know what I've been thinking. Got a lot to say. I got a lot to say, so I, I apologize. I apologize. Let me, let me, let me ask you this, because uh, I mentioned at the top of the show how, you know, I've purchased a couple of um, shares and companies that are working on the a vaccine for this virus. How do you feel about the vaccine? Because a lot of people are saying, you know, well, you're going to have conspiracy theorists to every, everything. But they're saying, you know, this virus was intentionally created so that we will all be either forced to take the vaccine or pressured to take it. Um, have any of those type of thoughts entered your your thinking whatsoever when it comes to this? How do you feel about a vaccine and will Frank take it when it's out? Um, that's a great question. You know, I haven't fully processed that. I know there's a, there's a lot of things about, you know, Bill Gates got slammed with the whole microchipping thing. Everybody's like, oh, the vaccine's going to microchip you. I think, you know, certainly there's been some political and ideological and religious things about it. I know there's some end times talk about, you know, Mark of the Beast taking the vaccine. Get out of here with that. Please, please stop. Um, I, I believe in... I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe him as being God, the son of God. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I, I, I'm just saying that I just believe that sometimes people are jumping the gun with things from a standpoint of this vaccine or whatever it is or isn't. Um, it may be like it might just be like any other vaccine. Like if you're what are you going to do for your kids? For those people that don't want to take it, you're going to pull your kids out of school and do homeschool. Because if it becomes something like. You know, my, you know, like most people's kids who are in public school have to get a certain number of vaccines, right? So now yes. you're going to make a stand on coronavirus. You're going to say, well, now I'm going to pull my kid out of school 
we're going to just change our balance of everything. We're going to do homeschool because we're afraid we're not going to get this vaccine. I think that's a little bit much because, um, you know, and then people are saying, oh, what about getting tracked, right? Okay, let me, let me, I'm in technology. I work as, I work, I work in software engineering. Let me explain something to you about tracking. That cell phone you have, that's the best way to track you. That thing that you can't put down that you have with you all the time that has everything about you, your pictures, your bank statements, that's the best way to track you. Not injecting some vaccine and then trying to figure out some nanites. Like, I mean, I get it. I, I'm all for the science fiction. I love science fiction. But I will say that if if somebody wants to track you, the best way they can do it is your phone. Because you got it with you all the time. And it's got GPS coordinates on it. It's got a unique identifier that can't be... I mean, it's just like sometimes I, people are missing the car for the horse. It's like they're recording from a cell phone where the location is broadcast, telling you about the conspiracy, how they're gonna, you're going to get tracked. Meanwhile, they're broadcasting a location to the world. Like, yeah, okay, cool. I, I was going to say much tracking isn't needed because we, we willingly, you know, tell people, tell everyone where we are anywhere, where we, we check in to different public places and stuff. So there's not a lot of tracking that's needed. Before we get to the last topic, I did want to throw out there because this was just announced today, I believe by the CDC and they have identified six new symptoms for this virus. And that is uh, constant chills, uh, uncontrollable shaking, muscle pain, headaches, sore throat, and the loss of taste and smell. So in addition to the, um, you know, the, the trouble with breathing, I think uh, coughing is one of them as well. Uh, they've added those six as well. So, you know, look out for those. Look out for those symptoms in your yourself as well as your friends and family and whoever else you may be around. Keep yourself as safe as possible. Uh, before we get out of here, this virus has definitely changed a lot. Frank mentioned how the NBA canceled the season. Like we, you know, I know he talked about there once was a world where there was no sports, but for many of us, especially since the age of TV and even before that, there has always been sports. So. For there not to be any sports right now, it's just crazy to me. So all types of plans have been changed. Uh, you see some states have pushed back uh, their primaries for the election. Uh, they they changed how they were doing the debates. So a lot of these live TV shows are now doing it via uh, some type of webcast, whether it's Zoom or Zencaster. So my question for you is, what plans did you have that have been canceled because I know for myself, uh, my daughter has always wanted to see the big buildings in New York. So we were going to take her to New York City for her spring break. I had a hotel reserved in Times Square. We were going to be in the middle of everything. I had all these plans and then boom, everything shut down, especially the, the New York City. Like That's one of the cities where I know at one point they were like, if you visited the city, you need to go. You need to quarantine yourself. I also had a plan on going to um, Atlanta to celebrate my, my good friend's 40th birthday. I had to cancel that. Um, so have you had to cancel any travel plans? Have you had any uh, birthdays or anniversaries, or any type of big celebrations that you've had to amend or cancel altogether? Uh, what's, what's going on with you, man? How has this, I guess, affected you as far as with trying to have fun and, and your leisure time? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I'm really sorry about your daughter not being able to go to New York City. That would have been such a nice trip uh, for her. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, man. That's unfortunate. Um, I think for us, you know, as a couple, we, we have an anniversary trip we take in August. And, you know, we have been to, you know, previously, the last couple of years, we went to Fiji and Bali. So we've been very blessed to be able to travel there. We had a great time. And so we're not probably going to be able to certainly travel. I don't, I don't think it's going to be safe travel during August. I don't, I don't feel like that. And certainly not internationally, you know, because this is different. So you don't want to be abroad with a pandemic going, you know, if possible. So our anniversary plans have been probably canceled to where we'll be doing something very local. Um, my wife had a family reunion planned from Myrtle Beach in July on her side of the family. I'm thinking that's probably not the best idea either. Um, you know, we had some some thought. We actually thought about doing a Disney cruise um, at some point, but that kind of got that kind of got uh, yeah. That kind of got because um, I mean, you know, here's the crazy thing: there are still people that see right now. Like, there's so much going on in the world right now. If you're, if I will say this, you need to thank God if you're in your house and 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 you got food and you're not sick or you recover from the virus, whatever it is. Because there's people still who went on a hundred day cruise thinking there was gonna be a time in their life and they're still at sea because they can't dock nowhere. Like it's it's real. Like there there are cruise ships that have not been able to dock because they have sick people on board. And that that I mean it's like wow. The you think about something that's not gonna come back. Cruises is gonna have a hard time coming back. I mean because it's like yeah. You think about getting stranded at sea. That's not that's not a vacation. That's that's almost like a prison, right? Like you. You're, you're like basically like you can't come back to land. You gotta stay at sea, and it's not like you can get fresh food. Like I mean, like you're at. I mean, what are you getting? Maybe can dock and get some freezed. I don't know. It's, it's it, it could be quite miserable. Um, so I just want to say that man, we're, you know, I, even though some things are gonna get canceled, I'm still grateful that we're in good health because that's the main thing, right? To be able to live to see. I think that's what people are missing, is that yeah, it sucks. Like losing. The, potentially the NBA season, the NFL season, the baseball season, all the other sports you can name, college, whatever. Those things are, are a little bit sad, but not making it to see the next season is even more sad. I think we have to realize to be able to put um, this season aside of all things, of travel, of other things, and realize, hey, if we don't make it, if we don't make it um, to next year, it doesn't even matter. Uh, and uh, one of the other things that I had to cancel, I was losing my train of thought was, we have a men, I have a men's trip that I do with my friends. We usually actually do it in June. We're actually going to do it in Chicago, of all places, this year. And wow. so, wow. yeah. Um, so hey, good thing that you know it didn't happen, you know, at before. So, you know, we probably won't do that. We have been to other places. We've been, like I said, been to like San Diego. We've been to Memphis. We've been to Toronto. We've been to um, a couple other places that we kind of Arizona last year. So we've had some good times and, and a lot of fun. So those are things that. You know, I'm I'm gonna miss because it's like, man, that was part of you know the getaway time. And I think you know I've been struggling. One of the things I've noticed during this pandemic is emotional health is real. And the reason why you know suicides are up and abuse is up and and just testiness in general is up is because people we are an, we are an, we are an emotionally unhealthy culture. We run ourselves on e all the time. And like I'm, I'm I can't lie and say I'm any different. And then when something like this pandemic hits, you got nothing left. Like, you know, we went all in. Like I said, bought this house, and then this pandemic hit. It's like, damn. You know, we just bought a house, which is stressful enough, right? Everybody knows that. Everybody bought a house, sold, and trying, we're trying to sell a house during a pandemic. 
Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to move in during the pandemic and you're trying to do all this stuff that you would normally do that would be easy, but then everything is like not and everything is not normal. And so um, we, you know, emotionally, you know, you heard that it, it, we talked about self-care with Dr. Shamika Mills and Dr. Um, Geraldine Worthy uh, in a previous episode. I can encourage you to go back and listen to that. It's important to have self-care for when a crisis hits because when you're empty, you don't have time to recharge during a crisis. And a lot of us have been hit on E with this crisis and it made it very difficult to manage. So I just think it's a lesson also while we talk about finances and investing in stocks and money is great, but money's not gonna keep you from blowing your brains out if you get too stressed out. I'll just tell you like that, like you've got to have that emotional equilibrium, that emotional health. And many of us don't get it because we're so, we don't rest. And so this is this the part of this blessing and curse of this is that we've been forced to sit down and rest on some things but then just learning how to get healthy from that is something that we should take from that going forward and recharging our, uh, our, our tank and, and learning uh, what, how to really um, live in a self-care world and not just be like, we're okay all the time, doing everything to the limit. I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the, the emotional health part because I have spoken to, to quite a few people that have actual anxiety just you know, hearing so much coverage on this virus and everything that's going on and just really not being able to do anything yet. And you made a good point. We are blessed. Like if you're home, you have food and everything, you are blessed compared to someone that's stuck on a cruise ship. But at the end of the day, there isn't much you can do right now. And so, you know, people are like really going through it. Um, you mentioned August too, man. I, I forgot. Well, I didn't forget, but I didn't mention because I haven't given up hope on it yet. But, you know, I had planned on throwing the Mrs. a 40th birthday party in Vegas. And we had like, you know, uh, couples coming out there with us and stuff. So, like, we're holding on to dear life for hope that that can still happen. But I got to be honest, it's it's not looking good. And, like, people have been asking me, you know, is, is it still going to happen? And, you know, I'm not entirely sure right now like even if everything opens up who's gonna trust being in some of the crowded places that i had planned on us doing uh in august you know and i had planned it around for those of you that don't know i work on capitol hill so i had to plan it around the two conventions that are coming up this year because it's an election year democratic convention republican convention so i didn't i wasn't sure which one of those i was gonna have to work so I like planned this trip so where it didn't interfere with that. It, everything was like going perfect, and then boom, and now it's threatened to be, to being canceled. So it's just crazy, man. Um, I mentioned earlier, like coming home, taking off your shoes, and 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 all kind of things like wiping down things constantly. It's a it's it's just a different time. Like I told my daughter, this is something we've never gone through before. So I just want to say that and just end the show with this. Please don't worry about who's checked on you and who hasn't checked on you. That is not that is not necessarily determining if they are a good friend or a bad friend. For all you know, they could be going through something. They need you to check on them. Like people are going through things that they may not even be mentioning. So just keep that in mind. If you are strong enough to reach out to them, then do it. Don't worry about who's who checked up on you and, you know, Aunt so-and-so haven't checked on me and cousin so-and-so ain't called to see how I'm doing. You do it or at least be understanding enough, understanding enough to know that, hey, maybe they're going through it and they need they need to be checked on. So 
let's just all try to look out for one another, be mindful of what other people can be going through, and let's just try to stay safe as possible. And let's also listen to politically entertaining. We're going to try to uh, be a little more consistent, especially with some of the downtime Frank and I have. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that last special episode we did with Dr. Mills and Dr. Worthy because that was intended to help people. And I think the timing of it was perfect because of what's going on now and, and people are seeking that type of help. So we hope you enjoyed it. You know, listen to old episodes if you may have missed some and just continue to check us out. We definitely thank you for your support. I'll let Frank take us home, but just continue to subscribe, continue to listen, share the show, and uh, keep us in your minds. Man, thank you guys again for listening. We do a pod, like I said, we try to be more consistent. Uh, just grateful that um, we're able to be here tonight and just and just recording. So I want to thank everyone who's always been listening, supporting us. We don't take it for granted, especially not at a time like this. So definitely subscribe, give us a rating, leave us a comment. Uh, we appreciate it. We love you guys. And we'll see you very soon on, the, on another episode of Politically Entertaining. Thank you for listening to Politically Entertaining. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes and visit politicallyentertaining.com for the latest in political news and updates.